Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, here in the Red Sea Radio studios on a beautiful, beautiful December day in Texas. This is a crisp 75 degrees outside because that's how we do it, friends, here in the great state of Texas. I am joined by co-host extraordinaire who is far from texas mr sean mcafee um f- thou harkest from from uh italy i believe you're a, a very non-american uh what's up man what up thanks for having me on the show well yeah i mean are you gonna thank me every time you come on like is that gonna be a thing or or are you just gonna like settle in mm. one day and stop being thankful <laughs> I will be thankful. Thanksgiving is over, but you're still thankful. I didn't know that we were allowed to do that. <laughs> it's the name of my new book, Thankful All Year. Oh my gosh. You, you probably have like nine new books that you're writing. Uh, <laughs> you, you are an, an author. I, wouldn't, I was going to say your publisher, but then I remember that you write for different publishers. So uh, you are an author of many leather-bound books. I too have many leather-bound books. And uh, hey, everyone, come see how good I look. I, the 18 people that got that reference are very proud of me. And the rest of you are like, what is he talking about? Um, what's your favorite book you've ever written? I've never asked you that. Oh, the favorite one I wrote is definitely reform yourself. Um, I think it means the most to me and it's definitely the best book I've written, uh, by far. It has the best rating. So, um, yeah, all hands point to reform yourself. Is that because when you came, like, yeah, is that because when you came on the show, we talked about how to pronounce it and we just started yelling the name of the book? Reform yourself. Uh, reform yeah, yourself. Yeah. The one really got that started. The rest of us were like, reform yourself. Uh, <laughs> like, reform yourself. <laughs> I definitely need the next time you write a book, which is probably like this week because you're always writing them. Um, just let me be in on the uh, on the like promotional meeting and you'll sell multi-millions. I promise. I'd like to do a, another book with Catholic Answers to follow on from Reform Yourself to be a prepare yourself uh, where it's kind of following the same topics. We go through 10 saints and it'll be, but it's based on first Peter three fifteen. always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that is in you. Um, so I think it'd be cool to do another 10 saint kind of book, but, uh, more directed towards, uh, apologetics, practical help. Gotcha. I, so you'll, you'll, you'll have input on that. You'll be in the marketing meeting. I thought, uh, when you said prepare yourself, I thought you were transferring, like, uh, segueing us perfectly into our show about Advent. And then you were like, nah, it's about something else. <laughs> you are much more on cue than me. Your show, take it away. <laughs> okay. So we are in Advent. Happy Advent, everybody. Uh, it's an interesting season, and I want to talk about the season and how this, uh, this last week that I had uh, really makes me need this season of Advent this year. So, Sean, uh, you've heard bits and pieces, but no one has heard the whole story of the week that I have had since the last time I recorded this show one week ago. So, uh, all last week, the day after I recorded the show, I you know, people have, that have been listening to the show for a while know that I'll travel around the state, travel around the country to speak and lead worship, that sort of thing. Most of the time when I do it, it's like over the course of a weekend or at least an evening. I, I went to a full day of work, and then I drove three hours to Dallas. I set up for 15 minutes, spoke for about 30, 
tore everything down for about five, got in my car and drove back home three hours. <laughs> it was really bizarre. It's like I drove six hours to be there for 45 minutes. It was strange. That's awful. <laughs> but but I'm sure somebody got something out of it. Uh, I hope one of the people did. It was, it was cool. Did, you, did it, you get anything out of it? I did. I got Jack in the Box on the way home. And I got a, yeah. a a couple of great stories to tell. Do you did you say yum oh or yuck? Gosh. Oh yum! I miss Jack <laughs> in the Box so much. I miss fast food so much. It kind of like doesn't exist over here. Not the same way it does in America. So yeah, I miss going uh getting what is it the two tacos for a buck or something? Yeah. That, by, by the way, uh, Sean, usually like usually like any time that you brag, it's like within like rocket league like you're really good at that video game i've never seen you do <laughs> such bring ang- that up every time i do because you're better than me and it makes me angry um th- th- what you just did is the strangest flex you've ever made you're like oh i'm in italy the food capital of the world but i really miss fast food it's like no you don't like you really don't like you're living the life with amazing italian food and you're like you know what i miss 50 cent greasy taco that's what i miss <laughs> you know I, i'm a true-blooded american you always tell me you always make quips on twitter and whatnot saying i never want to come back home i'm not an american whatever you say but man i gotta have my fast food every now and then it's got to be a little greasy i'll mail you some and i promise that they'll be the exact same when you get them in the mail days later as than they, they would, were as they would right from the window <laughs> exactly <laughs> just pop them in the microwave it'll taste exactly the same uh, oh my gosh! So yeah, but like, but like, level with me though for a second. Like Panda Express, I mean, or Chick Fil A. I'm sure you've had that in the last month. Imagine going like years without it. I went to Chick Fil A twice in a day the other day. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was. It's one of my comfort foods from this rough week that I had. So uh, it was weird because I had a bunch of like good things happen, and then a bunch. It was like a very much high and low week. Uh, to where it was just like confusing to where it was funny. Like I wasn't just like distraught the whole time. I'm like, what is happening? This is crazy. So on the way home from Dallas, after this strange thing, it's like people asked me to come share the gospel <laughs> with them. I talked, it was uh, cool. I talked to these, uh, we call them the LOLs, the little old ladies of the church. Uh, I spoke at their like Advent uh, dinner, which was interesting because it was four days before Advent. So it was like I felt like I was preparing them for this season of preparation that we're now in. It was it was very odd. But um, on the way home, I got pulled over for speeding. I was going five over. Like that's th- everybody knows that you can go five over. You go six, you're going to get. That popped. was the, like the tolerance level. The tolerance level. Yeah, like if it's forty-five, you can do fifty. Like everybody knows, you can do five over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, I always cruise control at five over because I don't want to get pulled over. I hadn't been pulled over in a very long time. Uh, I finally get pulled over. It's like 1130 at night in the middle of nowhere, somewhere between uh, Dallas and College Station, literally middle of nowhere. Guy pulls me over and I see that it is a Texas state trooper. And there's somebody in my family who is a Texas state trooper. I went to their uh, graduation. So at the graduation of Texas State Troopers, this was about four or five years ago, uh, I was there and they do this chant, you know, like, like a military chant. Um, you know, you were ex-military and you'd work with military stuff now. Like they, Yeah, cadence. <laughs> yeah, cadence, right? So uh, I, I don't remember the rest of the words, but all I remember is like, 
it would begin and end with hail, hail, state police. So I joked with my cousin then, and then I've told multiple people since then, if I ever get pulled over by a state trooper, I'm going to just sing that song and see what happens, you know, like, oh no, <laughs> to see if I could get... tell me you did it. Uh, so, yeah, so I get pulled over and I always told people that I uh, that I would sing it. Right. And I chickened out a little bit, but not completely. <laughs> the, the guy, the guy walks over to my car and he, he right when he looks in my window. I say, what the heck? I always said I would do this. And I just said, hail, hail, state police. And he busts out laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, before he even says, like, license and registration, he just busts out laughing. He says, can I see your license? And I was like, yeah, here you go. Um, And I was like, yeah, my my cousin, like, I've been to graduation, blah, 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 blah. And he said, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm going to give you a warning. Like, he was there for 14 seconds, and he walks back to his car. Gives well me, done, Taylor. Gives, he walks back to his car, and he's like, well played. Exactly. Well played. He gives me a warning. We talk like he knows my cousin. That they used, and Anyway, it was this hilarious situation that I got out of a ticket because I, uh, because I uh, took a chance, and it worked. So that was fun. Um, you only get that card once. I guarantee you put your name into some sort of registry. Oh, no. I'm doing the registry of shenanigans. I'm doing it every time, though, because I kind of feel like it's only happened <laughs> once, but I kind of want to be a thing amongst the Texas state troopers. Like, if they ever pull me over again, it's like, hey, I got that guy that sang the song, too. You know? <laughs> Dude, that was Taylor's role. <laughs> So that that was fun. That was a that was a bit that was my entertainment in my six hours of driving to and from Dallas. So uh, one thing that was frustrating, and and I think did I tell you about the atheist podcast? Have I have I mentioned this to you yet? Is this the one thing that was frustrating? This was the big thing. Okay. Um, long story short, people who have listened on the podcast, but not not on radio, um, I did a podcast only interview with a buddy of mine who who used to be in formation for a priest. Uh, I saw him a couple months ago. He is now an atheist. So I had a long form interview with him uh, as a bonus episode of the podcast, just talking about his, his journey of faith and out of it. And, and he had mentioned like, Hey, there's this atheist pod, uh, pretty popular atheist podcast that has been looking for Catholic guests who does debates uh, with people of any kind of faith. Like he's debated, uh, you know, non-denominational Baptists, Jewish people, Muslims, uh, flat earthers, like anybody believes anything, he'll debate them about it. Uh, yeah. So like he, he's, a, yeah. So like here's, here's the deal. I was like, I'm not your Trent Horn. I'm not your uh, Jimmy Aiken. Like I'm not the guy to be like the, I'm not an apologist, right? I'm just a guy with a, a semi-entertaining talk show, you know? So I went and listened to it and I was like, if this guy is like a jerk to his guests, I'm not going to go on. And if he's just going to like, if he wants to like straight up debate, like I know Trent Horn's been doing a lot of them recently. I was like, I'll just ask one of them to do it. You know, like I'll just reach out to them. Like, Hey, here's this guy. You should talk to him. Uh, but he's real <laughs> conversational. Like he, he has on just like regular people. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I agreed to do it. And I like asked a few people in my life, like, should, should I do this? Uh, I asked certain bosses, can I do this? <laughs> you know, so, oh, right. Um, and I ended up doing it, but here's the deal. <laughs> I had an insane amount of technical difficulties. I have a degree in music industry. Like I have lived much of my life behind a soundboard and we couldn't figure out this issue. And 
kept doing trial and error, kept doing trial and error, couldn't figure it out, uh, finally fixed it. And then you, sh- and- you should have been like, Hey, look, 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 can, can we pray about this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's a really funny thing at the first night we got it working, but then we didn't have time to do the interview. So we rescheduled for the next day. We had it working. It was going to be fine. The joke that first night was, uh, after he, like he could tell that I was frustrated and he was being very nice and trying to help me through some of the problems because he's a professional at uh, music on uh, like uh, sound tech stuff. So <laughs> he says, you know what you need, right? And like knowing I'm talking to an atheist, I, I I was just going to be, and we were like both had agreed to be honest, right? Uh, so he said, you know what you need, right? And we both paused for four seconds. And at the same exact time, he said Jesus, and I said uh. a drink. <laughs> 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 so we were cracking up, man. It was just like, we just switched each other's answers and it was hilarious. So anyway. Um, That's awesome. The next day I come in. It doesn't work again. I work on it for two and a half hours. It doesn't work again. And there's this thing in like uh, Catholic media, Catholic churches, where it's just like anytime there's a technical issue, you just blame Satan, you know? Um, <laughs> most of the time, it's user error, like even in my case, right? Even though I knew, do this stuff, but it's it's fun to blame Satan for stuff. So the question, like it got so ridiculous that I was like, there might be some interference here. I'm just not sure if it's Satan trying to stop it or God at this point. You know? So it was it was a mess. So we finally got it to work. Um, when all is said and done, the the podcast release uh, this Wednesday. So by the time people are listening on the radio, it is already out. Um, by the time people are listening to this podcast, it's probably out or will be out in a couple hours. Uh, it was I talked to David Smalley on Dogma Debate. And it was an it was an interesting thing. We we talked from uh, after all the tech difficulties from twelve thirty in the morning until four thirty in the morning. Three and a half hour um, of content in that four hours. Uh, very long interview. Very long conversation. It's one of those things that, like, looking back at it after three and a half hours, like, I probably could have said this better or done this better. But I think overall it, it went pretty well. So. Um, I'll leave a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. But again, it's an atheist podcast, so if you want to listen to it, listen to it. If you don't, don't. You know, um, it I'm was, definitely gonna. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things too that I I feel like that people. I feel like. Mm, let's see. So I listened to another Catholic on his show, and the whole time I was listening, I was thinking, you know, I pro- oh, I, like I get why you said that. I probably would have said this, or I would have added this, and. I feel like people are going to have that with with my interview as well. Um, if if anybody has any like real problems with anything I say, let me know. If you were like, I would have done better, I'd like to see you try. I'd like you try to be on the air for three and a half hours with a brilliant atheist talking about your faith. So um, it was interesting. It definitely was like out of my comfort zone, but the guy was good. I mean, the guy was cool about it. Um, it was really interesting. I've never done anything like it before. And I'd be willing to do it again. Uh, yeah, it was just an interesting experience. That is really cool. That that's also extremely courageous to do that, like you said, for three and a half hours against probably somebody who's, you know, maybe not. I'm not saying he's smarter than you, he's but probably absolute, a little, probably be a little bit more intellectually prepared on the topic. He's you know? absolutely smarter than me. Like that was one of the things that I was listening to. I was like, when I went to go ask one of my bosses if I should do this, I was like, I listened to a few of his shows. This guy's absolutely smarter than me. Like, and he knows his stuff. He probably has more scripture and catechism quotes memorized than you and I combined. Like, the dude knows his stuff. 
So I was like, it, shows, you know, it doesn't matter how much you have in your head. You know, there's obviously something that's still not connecting for him. He's, he's not bridging some gap, you know, understanding the metaphysics of our faith or something. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like one of the things that I told him that I appreciated about him and like the main reason that I agreed to go on is that obviously we believe different things, but uh, I, I think he is, we talk about this type of person in general a lot, but he is the epitome of like, He's a truth seeker. Like he's seeking truths. Like I would say that there's some things blocking him from seeing the truths that we believe. Um, he would say there's things blocking me from seeing the things he believes. You know, like that's just the the essence of of belief. But um, there there were certain things that I said that like he wasn't antagonistic. You know, it was like he uh, was like, okay, uh, I can see why you believe that. That part makes sense. So um, yeah, it was interesting. So. Uh, all in that same day, I went on a retreat. I met a guy who was a former atheist who is now a Catholic. Had a two and a half hour conversation with him on a hike for a retreat that we were on with freshmen. Um, I had a former student reach out to me. All in the midst of this frustration, right? All in the midst of this frustrating week. A former student who's probably listening to this right now. I'm not going to, so I won't call him out. But uh, something that really blessed me in the midst of this struggle was there was a young man who I used to teach and coach at, uh, at our local Catholic school. And he became, became a practicing Catholic like while he was in his later years in high school. And over the last uh, year or so, he opened up that he had been struggling with his faith and starting to, to doubt and not believe anymore. And then he started listening to this show. And uh, he said it's, it's gotten him like start to practice his faith again. And I was just like, that's the kind of stuff that like I don't usually hear, you know, like I'm, I'm doing this show for like to build up people's faith, but also to be entertaining. And it's just like I hear a lot of people saying that they like enjoy the show, but like to have a moment like that, like there's total Holy Spirit in the middle of that week for this young, young kid who I've poured uh, blood, sweat and tears into for him to be able to build me up like it gives me goosebumps. So um and that, that's kind of okay. where I want to like wrap up this, this first, I share all this um, because all of this starts, like this is what I walked into Advent with, right? So we're, we're getting into this season of bustle, this season of um, like everybody's going 100 miles an hour uh, and the church is asking us to slow down. And so I, I'm just really thankful for this season of Advent uh, where we get to focus on, on God and slow down a little bit. Um, when we come back from the break, we are going to be talking to uh, a seminarian friend of mine named Travis Crotty. And then when we come back in, in the final segment of the day, we're going to keep talking about Advent. I'm going to ask Sean what he does for Advent, share some of the things that I've been doing, and uh, talk about a pretty cool uh, prayer experience that I had earlier this week. So, uh, Sean, we will be right back. Everybody listening, we will be right back. And we will uh, be airing an interview that I did with Travis Crotty earlier this week. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is Taylor. I am hanging out with my boy, my boy Travis Crotty, who is a seminarian for the Diocese of Sioux City. I've met him a couple times when I've gone up there to do some events and stuff. He was the MC for two events that I spoke and led worship for. 
He is a good dude in seminary for that diocese, but actually in St. Louis. He's on the line now. What's up, Mr. Crowdy? Hello, Taylor. Not too much. Busy day of seminary. Lots of class. Heading to an evening prayer soon. So I have... I've already told my audience it's been quite a day for me. Um, it, you said it's a busy day at your seminary. Yet, yes. um, how how long ago did I book you for this? Uh, about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was just about an hour ago. It it's been crazy. I shared. Uh, half of it with the audience earlier, and there's so much more just craziness going yeah. on. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much for coming on um, at such last minute. And you're like between classes, between prayer. So you're you're doing the seminarian thing right. You've got class, you've got prayer. It's all just built right. in for you. Absolutely. So uh, one theme of today's show is that like when the holidays hit or like routine changes, mm-hmm. that like our faith life gets a little bit tougher. So like yes. your life is very routine. You got the class, you got the prayer. Like there are people there that are telling you, Hey, you've got to be at this prayer. If you're not there, they're like, where is Travis? You know? Yep. Um, oh, so yeah. when you like, do you go home for the holidays? Is that a thing seminarians do? Oh yeah. 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 So we get big breaks like Christmas, Easter kind of, we just had a little Thanksgiving break. Um, and yeah, the routine totally changes uh, when we go home. So you're deaf. Are, are you, I am a better person in routine. I, uh, oh. <laughs> whenever I take a break from like ministry or a break from like school or whatever, I tend to want to take a break from prayer and that's not a good thing. Are you a better yeah, person totally. than me? Is, 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 is my question. Uh, definitely not. No, in routine, <laughs> I, I, I have found, so this is my eighth year in seminary. So I've, I have loved the routine. I've, I've come to love the routine, I should say. And yeah, when I get out of it, it's tough. I, my, my go-to is always to try to see as many people as possible back home in like, two days and jam pack it and then yeah, don't make enough time uh, for prayer and rest is usually the big thing. Rest. Yeah. Yeah. Two things we're talking about today, prayer, rest, and this perfect season of Advent. Oh, we're going to talk a little bit about how you are, you found some of that within seminary, but uh, just as kind of the crux of what we're going to talk about, I feel like a, I've had priests on, I'm like, okay, here, this is what a life of a priest is like. You know, they celebrate yep. five sacraments in one day. It's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we know, like, I've heard a lot of, like, calling stories. Like, this is how I was called to be a priest. Uh-huh. I was called to be a sister. But I just recently in the last year started getting some information and some, like, just knowledge about what life in seminary is like. And that is just a part within the Catholic Church that I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little, uh, little secluded, a little cloistered. Nobody gets to see it. You're just like a nun that way, very cloistered. <laughs> yeah, not really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was seeing if you're going to pick old. on that. Good job. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, it is. That's that's an interesting point. That's all. That's one of the questions that I have. Is like you are you are so kind of like off from society for a long for quite a quite a long time, or at, at least like within your own little niche. Mm-hmm. Um, oh right. How do y'all? How do you like in seminary? Like you yourself and you and like your brothers at the seminary. How do y'all mm-hmm. balance? Like, yes, we are focused on this call that God has, and we're focused on study and we're focused on prayer, but also like staying connected to the church. How do y'all do that? Mm-hmm. Well, so I've been really blessed, especially. So I was in Denver for a year, and then here in St. Louis, we get really connected with the young adult community here. So the archdiocese has a nice kind of young adult community that they have different events. Um, so we like to go to different things around the city, uh, around the archdiocese that they host. But then we also have this neat thing on first Fridays, we call it Nazareth night, kind of the 
praise and worship, adoration, confession. And we invite a bunch of young adults in and then have a little reception afterward. Um, and that's great because it, it's almost like a little taste of the parish life where we have this house of prayer, we have this routine, we get to invite people into it and share all these kind of beautiful things that we get, uh, we've been given. So that's, that's an awesome, uh, awesome experience of not, not only just friendship, but also a little bit of ministry, kind of like uh, you can't give what you don't have. So we get to share what we're given, what we receive all the time. Yeah, that's really cool because it's like you are living this life that a lot of people, like a lot of people just in general are like, you know, things are so busy and prayer is hard and like uh, studying and growing, growing closer to God is hard. Mm -hmm. But to be able to be invited into a place that you guys are doing that all the time, I'm sure is inspiring for people who are seeking rest, who are seeking an experience with Christ in the midst of their busy lives, are able to come experience that, you know, just a taste of your life for an evening. Right. And then secondly, too, I love just getting out of the house sometimes. And I'm, I'm a big fan of like hipster coffee shops. And I love busting into a, a particular hipster coffee shop wearing a Roman collar and seeing the, seeing the looks and the confusion, but then like talking shop with the barista and like knowing way too much about fancy coffee and <laughs> brew methods and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I love just kind of getting out too and, and seeing people around town. So that's what your good tithing monies are going to, friends, is... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Evangelization nice coffee. and coffee shops. That's what Keep I meant. Keep it coming, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, I, okay, I, I joke about it, but I don't know anything about that either. How does, like, like how do you have spending money? How does, like, you being provided for for mm-hmm. eight years so far, like, wh- how, what does that even look like? Who is who is giving you money? Yeah, so, honestly, it's just really generous people. Uh, like, kind of in the in the archdiocese, wherever the seminary might be, uh, we have like a big fundraising dinner and they're, you know, give tons of money to the seminary. So we're super provided for here. Uh, we got, <laughs> we got these Indian nuns who cook us the best cookies or bake nice. us the best cookies around. So that's nice. But then yet, yeah, uh, back in my diocese, you know, people just give to the diocese and then I'm given a, a little stipend every month just for little expenses and stuff like that. And the Knights of Columbus councils, actually every Knights of Columbus council has this particular fund to support a seminarian and a lot of them don't even know about it but yeah knights columbus council is really really generous as well yeah i found knights columbus they're, they're just generous period like my myself yeah. as a missionary they have supported me and many of my fellow missionaries as well they uh oh, yeah. they uh they do their service they uh drink their beers at their meetings and then they, they just bless <laughs> yeah. so many people's lives you gotta love them uh, that's right so we're starting to get like what what the life of a seminarian is like. I, I want to just go through like a typical day. Yeah. Like what okay. what do you do? Like you go off for eight nine years or so, and then you come back with these magical powers of a priest. So like, what did <laughs> you do it. every day to to, for, to, to lead oh, up man. to that? Lots of naps. No. Uh, okay. So here's a, here's a here's a Monday for you. So I'm I'm in the middle of a Monday here. So I woke up at five twenty five this morning. Uh, I made a little pot of coffee. And I prayed officer readings from the liturgy hours with uh, two of my buddies just right across the hall in a little lounge. We're just like in a big kind of dorm building at seminary. Uh, at six o'clock, I went to the chapel and most of the guys in the house are praying a holy hour. So just an hour of silent prayer in front of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament, um, six to seven. Then at seven, we all have morning prayer, liturgy of the hours together in common. And then uh, 7.30, we have mass together. And then nine o'clock is my first class, a little breakfast in between. Wait, wait, wait. Time uh, out, time out, time out. Yeah, yeah. Before you go to mass, how many minutes have you prayed already that morning? Well, let's see. So we got the little <laughs> like 15, 20 in the morning. Uh, added to that. That's like an hour 15. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you're like, like hour, hour 15. So we're looking like 
two about two hours in the morning. That's devoted to prayer. It's all that's before I've woken up. All of that yeah, is before I've woken up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's before I've woken up too. While I'm still sitting in the chapel, <laughs> and sometimes you know the the, the hour from six to seven kind of turns into uh, you know there's lexio divina, and then sometimes it becomes a napsio divina uh, in the chapel. But yeah. yeah, that just depends on the day. Um, so yeah, then we go from uh, go from breakfast and then classes in the morning. Uh, so I, I had a full, full day. Let's just see. I had a Eucharist class today where we learned about the mass and the Eucharist. And then right after that had Holy orders class and then lunch. Then right after that had ecclesiology, uh, then snuck in a little 20 minute nap, uh, then got invited to be on this podcast. And then I had, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Deacon... <laughs> did I wake you up? Did I wake you up? No, 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 okay, no, good. no, no, don't. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, I wouldn't have answered. Um, <laughs> no, and then, and then I had deacon practicum. So that's, I'm, I'm in my third year of theology. So God willing, I'll be ordained a deacon in May. Uh, so I had a little, we talked about funerals, deacon practicum class. And then at 535, we have evening prayer. Then a few of my buddies and I were going to a little, we have a charismatic prayer group at the seminary at six to seven. And then I have to give a practice homily on Wednesday. So I got to work on that tonight. And finals week is coming up. So studying for tests. So if you want to go to seminary, you better like prayer. That's what I'm hearing. Or you learn to like prayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, what percentage of the guys in your class liked prayer coming in and what percentage had to learn to like prayer? (laughs) That that much. I won't just say prayer in general, but like that much, because that's a lot of prayer. Well, I didn't know what to do. So when I got to, I I went to college seminary at a high school, and I just didn't know what to do with all the free, like the silent time. Uh, I get kind of antsy because I love talking to people, really extroverted. And we have these like days of retreat, days of recollection, one day a, a month, and just the whole day in silence. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of sat there, like read a book, walk around, didn't know what to do. But now, I mean, after eight eight years, uh, I can't get enough of it, and the days go by way too quick. So I don't know. I think most of the guys they're kind of gung ho to be a priest, uh, kind of get to seminary, realize. There's a whole lot they need to learn about themselves and learn about uh, the Lord before they can do that. Uh, and then they realize, like, oh, wait, uh, I really want to spend this time to get to know Jesus better, to get to know myself better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and the the free time is an interesting thing, like the free time in prayer, the quiet time. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Because, like, I I had never heard of Liturgy of the Hours until I went to college. And right. uh, so like my experience has been with the Liturgy of the Hours is that I go to it a lot when I sit in prayer and I'm like, e- one of two things, either I have like 18,000 things on my mind and I need something to focus yep. on and slow down, or I have right. absolutely nothing on my mind. And I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll do the prayer like, hey God, this is how my day is going. And then like, I look at my clock thinking it's been 30 minutes and been about 60 seconds. And I'm like, all right, time <laughs> yep. to do Liturgy of the Hours because right, right. Uh, I got nothing else. So, um, so that's... I- I love that about Liturgy of the Hours in the seminary because, like, so go to Holy Hour. Maybe the Holy Hour is great. Maybe I slept through most of it. Maybe uh, I was kind of wrestling through something in it. The nice thing about having, like, morning prayer right afterward is that there's always a consistency that, like, okay, no matter how that Holy Hour went, uh, I've got this, you know, these consistent psalms, little reading, uh, yeah, to, to pray with and get something out of. So how many psalms do you have memorized at this point? You've been going for eight oh, years. you got to have a few of them. This depends. So like night prayer is really quick. So like somebody starts night prayer, that's an easy one to get into. And then, okay, so Sunday morning prayer, week one. If you've ever heard of Liturgy of the Hours, Sunday morning prayer, week one is used for every feast day and like all the way through Christmas season and all this stuff. So those three for sure got those down. So like, oh God, you're my God, for you're long, for you, my soul is thirsty, my body finds for you like a dry relay. That one definitely got that down. Uh, 
uh, yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, I started doing Liturgy of the Hours in college, and I also, like in our choir, we sang a version of the Magnificat. And oh, yeah. those two things combined with doing evening prayer where you say the Magnificat every day and oh, yeah. and singing that song, like I could just walk around, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he is like, you know, like I, I got it. I yeah, got you, it. you know, you know, you're like pro status in seminary when you shut the breviary during the Magnificat or the Benedictus the, and, you, and you know, like, okay, that guy knows his stuff. He, he can just, he's got that memory. Here's one thing you have to do. I don't think they should make you a priest until you can do one thing. That first okay. Sunday, uh, d- uh, litters of the hours. The day that you're saying that you have the first part, remember? I want you. Oh, yeah, to, uh-huh. I want you one day before you are uh, ordained a priest to close the book at the beginning of prayer and do the whole thing from memory. Oh dang! I've done it with night prayer. My buddy and I have been in a car before and prayed night prayer with no book, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, Sunday Sunday morning prayer that'd be a good one. Wait, that, that's amazing! You've already done night prayer like that without I've some done, dummy yeah, challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We we kind of it was kind of like you challenge each other a little bit, like you, you feed a word here and there, but yeah. Cool. So so you're normal people. You're not just this like, very, odd, odd very... group of people out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very normal guys. That's for sure. That's good. Uh, it's good to hear the like how much prayer is emphasized uh, because yeah. obviously like the spiritual life is pretty important for the life of a, of a future priest. So um, I actually right. didn't know that y'all prayed uh, that much, especially before mm-hmm. I woke up. So I'm impressed. Um, yeah. Uh, there's one other thing that I want to talk to you about is is like your your formation because like I've heard before yeah. that John Paul II and like the four areas of formation. Um, uh-huh. but like you you mentioned your spiritual year, so it's funny yeah. because I hear spiritual year and I'm like, wait, aren't they all supposed to be spiritual? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> totally. So why don't you explain to me a, a little bit what this spiritual year was? Yeah, so some, a couple seminaries in the U.S. have it now, but the one who kind of started a big part of it uh, is a seminary in Denver. And John Paul II actually went there in 93. They kind of rebooted the seminary after that, and they started making this year. So this year, is it's made for a guy who's like just graduated college, and he's entering seminary. So if you just graduated college, you got a bachelor's degree. You do two years of philosophy and then four years of theology. Uh, I went to four years of college seminary and then four years of theology. So I entered Denver, college, the, the theology there, and went to start the, uh, the, the curriculum. But they have everybody do this spirituality year. So it's a year away from academics, so it doesn't count for any credit. Um, and it's intentionally focused on just sort of like helping you open up more and more uh, to, to the Lord in a lot of ways. So you got extra time in the morning. So it's kind of that normal schedule I just said in the morning. But then there's this extra couple hour gap called an interior time where we could read or pray even more uh, or <laughs> fall asleep and take a nap. Uh, <laughs> and then we and then we had two hours of like classes, but it was basically this just kind of crash course on like the catechism, scripture. And we had these awesome like rock star professors from Augustine Institute and all these young priests in Denver kind of kind of giving us these little crash courses on like the spiritual classics and go through Augustine and Therese of Lisieux and John of the Cross and all these things throughout the year. Uh, then in the afternoon, we did like a little work hour um, chores around campus. But the whole year was geared toward preparing you for two things. So we had a month-long poverty immersion uh, in January where we all sent out two by two across the whole country and just did a month of, of poverty. It's kind of like the Jesuits do something similar. We were like a little toned back version of that. So I was sent to a homeless shelter, and I lived at a homeless shelter for a month with oh another guy. We, didn't, we left our phones. We left our wallets. Uh, and they, they, they like – 
had a place for us. But yeah, we just just lived lived in a homeless shelter, an addiction recovery center, and just lived lived that life. Uh, experience of the Lord's providence, this huge exercise in Lord's providence. And then the end of the year, the big kind of culmination of it is, it's really preparing to do this thirty day Ignatian retreat. So if anybody knows a Jesuit, they've done at least one of these in their life. So St. Ignatius of Loyola wrote the spiritual exercises. You do this 30-day silent retreat. Uh, you pray five holy hours a day. You meet with a spiritual director for an hour a day. Uh, so I got to do one of those at the end of the year. And then the whole year kind of gears you up for it. We did a media fast, so no phone, computer, internet during the week, and a commerce fast, so we didn't go out and buy anything during the week. No coffee at your hipster coffee shop? Well, no coffee at the hipster coffee shop. We buy it on Saturday and bring it back to the house. And, and <laughs> you yeah, worked yeah, the yeah. system. You worked the yeah, system. Don't. Oh, yeah. We had the hipster coffee. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, we're, our time's wrapping up, but I do want to focus in on this part because I talked earlier about uh, uh, taking a not a complete break, but definitely shortening my time on my phone, on social right. media, on games, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it's it's actually really interesting because we saw each other in person a few weeks ago. And it was it was kind of a crazy story because you had just ended your media fast and you had just gotten back on Instagram and I had just messaged you on Instagram like, hey, I'm in St. Louis where your seminary yeah. is. You want to meet up? And you were like, hey, I just got back on Instagram after how you know who, however long. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and we went out to eat. We got to see each other. It was great. Yeah. So what was the biggest the biggest takeaway from your from your media fast in particular? Yeah, I think, so I was just thinking about this with Advent right now. And the whole point is like trying to open up and have space to receive God in our lives, have space to, to make time. We're always like, I want to try and try to find time for prayer, try to find time for God, try to find time to go to the church or liturgy of the hours. And then what you finally realize, if you've prayed for long enough in your life, you realize that God's constantly trying to reveal himself to you throughout your day, uh, in your family, at work, wherever. So what I learned from this media fast is like, God is constantly uh, revealing himself throughout the day. But so often I'm just like tuned out from it because I'm on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else or email or YouTube or just sort of like a bunch of podcasts on the whole time I'm doing stuff. Uh, and yeah, just not giving much space to really like see where God's at work uh, in other people in front of me or in nature uh, or in my heart, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Um, yeah. So I still, I mean, I don't do it perfect either. So I still need to like tone back time and time and again, uh, especially at night to make some room to think about the day early in the morning, like when we go to the chapel and pray. Uh, yeah, that's so that's basically in a nutshell. It's like God's always trying to reveal himself to us. And so often I'm just a little closed off from it and just want to be more open uh, to receive what he has for me. Well, good. Well, good. I hope that I have a, a similar experience in this Advent season as I tone back yes. as well. Dude, thanks yes. so much for coming on. Thanks so much for coming absolutely. on last minute. This was fun. We got to do it again sometime. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Next, next tomorrow, you've got to say a liturgy of the hours or offer mass up for our listeners. That's the deal. Absolutely. I will. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, guys, we will be right back for our final segment of the day. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. I am joined today by co-host Sean McAfee. Make it, make it, make it, make it, Matt. That's Sean McAfee. He is strange. We're not sure why we allow him on the radio, but we do. 
Um, we've got to, he's like a, a pet. You've got to let him out every now and then. Otherwise, he goes crazy. So, uh, put some water out, leave the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we, we have still never met in person, this is a very strange thing. We've been close friends for over a year now, and we've never met in person, and there's no plan for us to. Uh, because you live not in America. Let's just perfectly segue from that into Advent. I don't know how to do that. So uh, <laughs> Advent is the season we find ourselves in. We talked. We did a lot of setup in that first um, in that first segment. About there's been just so much craziness in my life in this last week as Advent has been starting, and I think it's the it was kind of the like. How I didn't really want all that stuff to happen, it was almost like the perfect spiritual thing to happen before Advent, because it reminded me that the season that we are preparing for, the Christmas season, is the season where we remember God becoming man in the midst of everybody's like craziness, he becomes one of us. And it's like, okay, this is one of the craziest weeks that I've had in a very long time. And like, that's what Jesus wants to come into. So... Sean, I'm still a little bit out of a loss for what I'm doing. I've had a couple of ideas, but what do you, what do you and your family? You have a, a tremendous family of like 19 kids or something. How many do you have? Four. Four? Just four? That's it. Cuatro. Not 14. You sure? Cuatro bambini. I don't know what that means. Uh, watch your mouth. <laughs> four, uh, <laughs> four kids. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it bambini? Like little bambinos? Is that what that's from? Yeah, you don't say bambinos, though. You have to put the correct plural on the end of bambino, which is singular, so it'd be bambini. I don't multiple. have to do anything, uh, but bambino's cool. You're so right. I'm sticking You're with right. That. You don't have to. You don't have to. All right, so you have four kids and not 19. I was a little off, um, but what do you guys do for Advent to help you prepare for the Christmas season? I think it grows as our family grows, not just in people, but in maturity, right? So when we were young, younger, and we maybe had one kid, it would be kind of just between me and Jess, and we would, you know, do the regular decor decor and the lights. And we were also younger Catholics. We've only been Catholic for, we were just realizing, for six or seven years now. And so as we've grown to understand the month of December and we know what Advent really is and get get used to the transition still, the transition between being an evangelical going to Catholic, you know, it, 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 it is a process that takes several years, I think, to fully sink into our, our I guess our Advent style and our Advent traditions have changed. But this year, um, we actually just moved in this house, as you know, just a couple months ago. So some of our stuff is kind of still in a storage space and we're slowly dragging it out. Usually like Thanksgiving day, Thanksgiving night, or the next day, we will get all the decorations out, put up the tree, decorate it, no problem. But this year we're like, I don't have the energy <laughs> to do some of that. So it's it's sitting like right behind me. A half setup tree has been like that for two days. Some lights like lazily hanging off the side. I don't have an idea what the plan is. Um, maybe we'll finish that up this week. But we actually got this new book, and not to put a plug in on anything, but this is really cool and special to us because we really love like musical stuff like you do. My wife is a great musician, a great singer. And uh, so we got the uh, the Maria von Trapp. She was the female figure in Sound of Music, of course. And so she wrote a Catholic book several years ago. There's some older versions online, but it was recently re- recently re-released by Sophia Institute Press. It's called Around the Year with the Von Trapp Family. And she presents throughout the liturgical year everything her family did. And, and she took Advent extremely seriously, like where she would tell you the kind of balsam fur that she built her handmade 
uh, wire round uh, Advent wreaths with. And so we're we're kind of trying to pick through that book this year and make our own wreaths. Uh, you know, have these little gift ideas where you have these secret Santas, basically, and uh, try try to follow that style. Just do something. We were just in Austria for a week, and um, we really enjoyed that. We saw the church that she was married at, and so I think we we're a little close to her this year, and uh, we're sticking with that theme. I, I have to say, like, I really enjoyed your answer. I just never in a million years would have guessed that the Von Trapp family would have come up in a conversation about this. You were, This is why you are so interesting and why people like having you on the air. No one has any idea what you're about to say next. And it's just, it's exhilarating for me as a host because I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. Uh, I might have to edit edit half of this out, but uh, yes. people love yes. it. One thing that I thought that I would do, and I, I talked about this, I don't know, it was a few months ago. I, I want to say like October or November, the iPhone came out with this new ability to tell you how much time you spend on your phone and like how much time you spend on everything, like every individual app on your phone. And I have to tell you, uh, this may not be news to many of my listeners, but apparently I'm not a good person. Uh, This is what my phone continues to tell me. It's like, you spent your entire day on your cell phone. So you spent 26 hours today. How did you do that? You used two separate devices. Did I tell you that story? You making a joke? Cause that actually happened. You did more than 24 hours. Okay. So it was a day that I was in the radio studio. It wasn't, it wasn't over 24 hours, but I definitely was on a device for more hours than I was awake because I was, I was in the studio, like right now, right now, Sean. I have my computer open, which doesn't count. I have my iPad open for all the soundboard and everything that I have to do for the show. I have my phone open for the timer. So literally right now, every one second that we go on the show, I have two seconds on a device. So, And I'm in here for hours recording the show, editing the show. So the devices are on forever. So one day where I was in here and recorded two shows in a day and edited all those shows in that day, I was on I was on a device for like 18 hours. Like I and I slept for 8 hours that day. Like it was impossible. And, and they call these smart devices. <laughs> exactly. So, but that was the extreme day, but I definitely um uh, it was one of those things that I didn't even realize how much time I was spending on certain things. Like I was like, "Oh, I have this game and I spend a few minutes on it every day." It's like, "Nope, that was an hour." It's like I have the, you know, this <laughs> this I have this Twitter, I have this Instagram. It's like I've had this feeling about myself that like I only like go there to post stuff on Instagram and then like I'll post and like go through like the what's happening now on Twitter. Apparently that's a lie as well. I I spend just hours on that stuff and I was just like, okay, here's what I need to do for Advent. It's a time of of this slowing down and, and refocusing. So I put limits on myself, on my cell phone. You can do that too. So I put a limit, uh, I, it, 20 minutes for games and 30 minutes for social media stuff. That, oh, wow. That's my limit for every day. And like that is a very small percentage of what I was doing. Some people were like, that's a lot. And I'm like, boy, you have no idea. So uh, we're three days in now, and it's been interesting already. Uh, I really like it. I really like it. It's it's this, it was kind of freeing where it's like, um, I would be on here, but my phone told me I can't, so I'm not going to. I'm going to go do something else. (laughs) 
You know, I think you come to a subject that a lot of people are starting to realize, especially in, as Catholics. There was just a really good book produced by, uh, um, who was it, OSV with T.J. Bird called Detached. I think a lot of people, especially Christians and Catholics, are realizing that they're becoming slaves to their phone, and that's going into the secular world as well. And I think Apple saw that, and they're like, okay, well, let's help people stay on our phone, but, you know, use it, you know, sparingly to where they're not annoyed and not consuming our, our product anymore. Yeah, so I actually really appreciated it. It gave it gave me a lot of insight into myself over the last couple months. And then now, like there have been multiple times already. Um, yesterday, for instance, I was on my phone. I was playing a game, and then it said, like literally, in the middle of the match, like the middle of the three minute match. It was like, "You're done." I was like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, you know what? I haven't done today. I haven't done my Bible study." So I literally just switched over to the other app and did my Bible study because that's not locked, you know. So yeah. it helped me do my devotional time. It helped me, you know, which led into my prayer time. There was uh, another day where I did it, and I uh, it it locked me out of social media, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to read a book. So I, I pulled up Kindle on my phone, like I'm still using my phone, but I'm using it better, right? There was another time where it got blocked off, and I was like, you know what, I haven't seen my wife and kids in like an hour, I'm going to go talk to them, you know? So it's it's like... It's starting to, and I, I'm I'm already seeing it. We're only a few days in. I'm already s- starting to see. It's like, oh, it's making me just notice other things. I've gotten to just such this pattern of being on my phone so much that I just like have forgotten, not completely, but forgotten to how to correctly orient things in my life. So it's helping with my prayer. It's helping with my family stuff. It's helping me grow as a person. So I am really enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to the rest of this Advent. Okay. I'm so proud of you, Taylor. Thank you. People should be, because I don't do good stuff like this often enough. So where's the cheers on the soundboard? Um I'm producing the show by myself. So edit those in later. Uh ed- edit those in later. I don't I don't want to. Um oh. I can't find it. You know what I did find though? A car alarm. That's the weirdest car oh! alarm. It's, the Man, we- it's like I'm getting zapped by an alien too. Do it again. Okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Ah! All right. <laughs> Thank you. That, you're somehow you are better sound effects than me producing the show by myself. So, <laughs> um, I want to tell you about one more thing. This is interesting because you brought up you. Um, I always forget that you're not a cradle Catholic. That you've been Catholic for uh, not very long. I always think of you as this like old man in my life that has been just so Catholic and pious for so long. I've been Catholic for longer than you, and that's that's kind of crazy to me. Um, and it it baffles me honestly because you're like, I wrote I wrote a book today. When did you start it? Today, you know. Uh, Stop it. So it's interesting. I went to this prayer function earlier this week. Of all of the area youth ministers, it was um, so we had Catholic youth ministers, we had non-denoms, we had Baptists, we had um, Lutheran, Methodists, like everybody gathered together, like all to get to know each other, to support each other, but then also like to pray together. And there's a couple of things that, uh, that I really took away from this experience. One of the themes was, uh, I thought that I was one of the only people like this in ministry, but apparently I'm not. And I, I think it's not just four people in ministry, but I think we all struggle with this. One guy admitted and like one person admitting it, I think helped the rest of the room, <laughs> you know, like be like, oh yeah, like I'm not alone in this. Is that a, like we're moving into this season where like, yes, it's crazy and busy. We're, you know, decorating for Christmas. We are um, buying presents. We are um, going to mass. We are uh, working. And then, but then we get this time off from work. 
at the end of Advent, right? Time off from work where we get to do whatever with. And so often I find myself, it's a flaw that I have, is that I rest, like when I get off of work, because my job involves God, I often take a rest from God whenever I get a, a rest from my routine, from work, from doing the radio, from whatever. It's like, oh, it's been a long year. I'm just going to like hang out with my family and play video games and, and hang out with my kids all week instead of continuing to focus on growing in prayer and this sort of thing. Um, and now you know how I got so good at Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the greatest ways to agree that you are flawed I have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> So I think a theme for me this Advent is is to rest in God and not from God, right? God says over and over in the scriptures, like, come to me, you who are labored and burdened, I will give you rest. And I think so often, like, when I get stressed out, like I did this last week, uh, my initial inclination is to just, like, veg out on Netflix or or video games or whatever instead of, like, going to God and resting in him. So – that's a theme for me. And then also, it was just really cool to be in a room of people who all wanted to pray together. So another thing that I'm focusing on this year, or this uh, Advent, is just the power of prayer. That's the end of our time today. Sean, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. You <laughs> you are the... What? Is that real? Yes. Oh, okay. All of a sudden... Well, uh, that's what happens when a clock tells you that you're done. What about your baby picture? Uh, We got to go to, uh, I think the news comes on after me. I don't know what comes on after me. Sean, it was fun. Next week, I will be back with the author of How to Prepare Kids to Face Today's Tough Moral Issues. It'll be an interesting one. I'll be back then. See ya! Howdy, friends. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you didn't hear yet, Forte Catholic has been nominated for Podcast of the Year from the Fisher's Net Awards. We are so excited about this. Um, It means that we're doing some good things here, that you guys are sharing it with the people that you know and love. So thank you for being with us along this journey. If you haven't voted yet, I would truly appreciate a vote from you. Head now to ForteCatholic.com slash vote. That's F-O-R-T-E Catholic.com slash vote. Vote for us today. Voting closes December 8th. So you got to do it real soon. Thanks a ton. See y'all next week.